Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I am doing fine. Um, how are you doing? Well, very well. It, it's, it's a beautiful day. And as everyone knows, we tape Thursdays. Um, beautiful day today, supposed to be high 70s, woo, baby. Yeah. So that's, nice. that's a good thing. And um, spring is sprung all over the place. My yard, all my, I'm sitting, I always tape outside, so I'm in my mobile office, as I say, and I'm looking around my yard, and I see all the buds on my hydrangea bushes and the, the little, the um, day lilies are popping up and, and daffodils mm. and, ah, uh, I just, I love it. The ivy on my trees are turning green and it's just, mm-hmm. I just love it. I just love this time of year. Love it. I think it's time for me to take the burlap off my uh, mountain laurel. <laughs> I think you can, yeah. I think it's safe. I think you can, I, baby. I'm also somebody who puts... Um, the plastic stuff on the windows for the winter time, you know? Oh, jeez. I think I have to take it down. I think it's time. Yeah. Open up the windows, bring in the air. Time to do it. It's a wonderful feeling. I like to see all the grass is green and all those, like you said, everything's popping everywhere. And it's just so exciting to see it. It really is. So I know. It's um, great. So what's going on in your world? Um... Nothing. I'm just in the no middle birthday? of. Oh, I don't know. You asked me. I don't know. I don't know. How about Easter? How was Easter? Yeah, Easter was good. Um, Easter was good. Um, we have um, we had a nice day. It was a beautiful day, and everything was very um, delicious. My son Tommy did some of the, the cooking, not some, all of the cooking, and it was delicious. We had, uh, out on the grill, we, uh, we cooked the filet, and it was, um, it was a lot of, a lot of good stuff, and so we had Where a nice... Where did you buy the nice, filets? We, I did not buy them. I got them as a Christmas gift mm. from Mr. Uh, Randy Williams, who gave me, um, from this company he deals with, so since I had them... Okay. I use them. We use them. So mm-hmm. it was, um, they were very good. 
sweet potatoes, and Tommy made this fennel and apple salad um, that was great, and tossed salad and carrots and a blueberry ricotta cake for, for dessert from all. That came from Mansour's. That sounds great. So, um, yeah, we had a nice time, and it was, um, you know, we ate later, and it was it was just nice. My sister came over for a while. It was a beautiful day. We were outside on the deck having coffee, and just, I don't have everything set up out there, but I have two rockers, and it's just kind of nice to be out there and soak it mm-hmm. all in. That's okay. How about you? That's great. Well, did you we see the baby? Yes, ma'am. We and were in Philadelphia. She- that was the, a year ago. It was the last time we were there. We did see them, but before she was born, um, her mom and uh, my nephew and my sister came to the lake in either August or September, I think it was last year. And we visited for just a little while. They stayed overnight, went back the next day. But this is the first time we've been together for a holiday. We, you know, passed on Thanksgiving, we passed on Christmas, passed on all of it. So Easter was the first time we'd been together, which was a a year since we had seen each other. A lot happened in that year, Um, really uh, amazing things. Uh, My brother-in-law's brother passed. Um, He had had so many problems and cancer and a bunch of other things, and then in October, um, my my great niece uh, Shirley Rose, who was named after my mom, um, she came into the world. She was born on October, I believe, it's twenty third. So I couldn't wait to get to Philadelphia to see her, and finally saw her. And she's one of one of the most pleasant babies. Just has a big smile, and she's got. The most humongous eyes I've ever seen on a child. Very similar to her mother. Very big eyes. And it's just one of those blue eyes. One of those things that when you just look at her, your heart melts. You know, she's just so adorable. So, um, of course, my niece Mara had uh, many different Easter outfits that she wanted to display for her baby doll. So three or four times during the course of the day, she'd take her over, feed her, um, change her, and come back with something new. <laughs> I said, how many of these do you have? Oh, four. I said, oh, okay. Oh, my God. So anyway, it was, it was fun to be with her. And it was an absolutely beautiful day. And we sat outside on their porch uh, the entire meal, with the exception of one dish which my sister loved to make in honor of my mother which is a a pineapple uh, bread pudding type thing it's just delicious everything else was purchased from one of the markets in chestnut hill and it was unbelievably good every part of it was good and so we had you know all kinds of wonderful things and for dessert we had some sorbet and we had a, a cake and, you know, all kinds of good stuff. So I do have to say one coming up tomorrow, as you're listening to this, um, my nephew-in-law will have his birthday. Um, I think he said he's 33 or 4. 
And um, so he's very happy and excited because he found out, too, that they probably will not be asked to go back to work physically in their offices until September. So he's been very happily working from a bedroom in the house, which happens to be right next door to my sister. So it all worked out really well. And they are getting, well, they're not getting married. They've been married, but they're having their reception at the end of May. Um, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. Um, it's, it's, I'm really looking forward to it because a lot of my family who I also haven't seen in a long time because of COVID, uh, will be coming to this, including your favorite paper boy. Good. <laughs> so, so that's all good news. That was really wonderful to be with them. Uh, it was just, it was a, a great day and uh, easy trip back, no problem. So, did you stay um, over, or did you come? Yes. In? Did you stay? Okay. Yeah, we stayed. Um, actually, we stayed at a hotel because, with the setup as it is right now, there's really no room for us as we as it used to be, because Mara and her husband Kevin yeah. now live the there. You know, so they've got one bedroom is his office. The other is for the baby, and the third one is for them. Yeah. So we'll have to figure that out and in the future and see what happens. But it was fine. It all worked out well. We had a good time, really good time. Good. It was a nice nice to just be together. You don't really and realize how much I miss them. I know. And how about the governor? The governor did fine. He had a, a really wonderful time. On Saturday night when we got down there, we went to a place called uh, Redstone Grill which is in Plymouth Meeting Mall. It's across from mm -hmm. uh, the Chang, was it P.F. Chang restaurant? Yep. There's a whole bunch of yep. good ones there. But this is the place I've been to. This is probably the ninth or tenth time I've eaten there. And I, I love this restaurant because it's just got really fun things in it. And, and it, so we went there for dinner and had a wonderful time. Really enjoyed it. And then we went back to our place, our hotel room, which was directly across the street. They went back to their house. And then we got together again on Sunday. So it, it was really great. It was just so much fun to be with them and see just what has happened in the course of the year. Um, it's amazing. So it was all good. Well, okay. Well, yeah, I and think things um, went well for the most part. It was a nice weekend, very nice. Oh, it was beautiful. So, beautiful. And it, you're right. It is nice to be able to be with people. And, you know, it just, um, this was the first time it was just the four of us. You know, it was yeah. Meyer and Tommy and Sean. And it, and it was just, we had nice di nice dinner the night, on two, Saturday night and then Sunday and I, we, it just was, and I got to decorate with my pretty little things for my dishes, and I do always do mm -hmm. those kind of things, and it was just fun to do, do, we sat in the kitchen on Saturday, we were in the dining area, and, you know, just moving around, it was just real, it's it just nice, just four people, and it was comfortable, and whenever we ate, we ate, we didn't worry about anything, and, yeah. um, no time frame, it was nice, um, Whenever it was ready, it was ready. So yeah, it was a good thing. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that was how it was there. You know, we'll be eating between two and three. So we ate at four. <laughs> exactly. And it really doesn't matter if people don't no. mind, you know, if there's something for, but you know, you just, I don't like to, um, invite people and then not do, not be right around the time you want it to be. And with yeah. Tommy and the way he prepares and concocts his stuff, he just takes his time. And I always get nervous because he's not, he's not paying attention to the other people. And I am So it just, it just gets a little, um, hairy at times, but it was, mm-hmm. um, it didn't happen this time, so it was good. It was yeah, very good. It, it, it is nice when it's just that laid back and you have a family that is that way. You know, there are sometimes you get people who are just so uptight about things. They have to have dinner at a certain time. I know, I, and that drives... Oh. Right. I can't, no. I can't. We it, That was sort of like, that was sort of growing up because my dad had diabetes. And so yeah. with that, it's very, you know, he was pretty careful about when he ate. He really wanted to eat when he wanted to. And it was, yeah. it was a lot of pressure sometimes, you know, to, on my mom, my grandmother. And, and we were always like, you have to eat, you have to eat this. It, I just, so in my life, I said, because, you know, you grow up doing exactly the same thing or the exact opposite. Of course, mine's yeah. the exact, exact yeah. opposite. Yeah. I don't want any of that. I don't want those kind of restrictions. So uh-huh. um, it's always yeah. better. But when you grow up in a household, as my father did growing up with no father and uh, his mom doing everything and seven kids, like my grandmother yeah. said the one, one day to her, her, they all came home from school and they all went in to get a snack. And my grandmother's cousin said to him, she said, Mary, aren't you worried about spoiling their appetite? And she said, I've been trying to spoil their appetite for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, that's that's just how it goes. But anyway, so yeah. Did yeah. you dye any eggs? No, I didn't do any of that kind of stuff. I, I didn't, didn't do any. I, I wanted to. I, I, just, I that. did it though. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. one of those what that we'll have. When we have more time, you can do that stuff. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. Next year. Are we good on time? Right. I, I don't know what time. Well, I, we're we going to take a quick break. Um, yeah, you're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News with Webster and Nancy. And I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399. 357 8399 or email Laurie, Laurie, L A U R I E, at lauriecadden.com, L A U R I E C A D D E N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know.
I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. ERA, Exceptional Real Estate Agents. When you want to have the best of the best selling your home, you want ERA One Source Realty. With offices all over Northeastern Pennsylvania, ERA One Source Realty will give you the personalized service you'd expect from a professional real estate company. They have experienced realtors that have years of experience, which gives you, the home seller, an incredible advantage. They will offer suggestions to make your house sell faster. They will tell you what others will be looking for. They know how to present your home and sell its features, giving you the greatest chance to have your house sell fast. And ERA OneSource Realty offers an industry-exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's peace of mind. That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA OneSource Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top-rated companies in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at ERA1.com. ERA OneSource Realty, always there for you. Here's Lori and Lynn. Well, we're back. Uh, my name is Lynn Evans. I am the financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotter, Spotify, Stitcher and many other places. And I'm Laurie Ken, the owner of Laurie Ken Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. Okay, and I'm on Spotters too. Go ahead. I'm on Spotters too. Go ahead. (laughs) Yes, you are. Okay, so here's a little story. Marge. And this is, I just want to tell you, this fits right into what we just talked about a couple minutes ago about how much we love this season and all the wonderful things that pop up out of the ground. So this is a story about Marge. Marge always loved gardening. She really looked forward to the spring array of pots filled with beautiful flowers sitting on the outside of her food store. She wanted to grab one of everything they had on display. But this year will be different. She's not sure she'll be in this house to see them bloom and multiply. Her husband, Sam, passed away last fall from complications of COVID. And as it goes, they both expected him to fully recover and come back home. He was on a ventilator for seven days, and she had to make that horrible decision to tell the doctors and nurses to stop the flow of oxygen. Sam died a few minutes later. Her desire to stay in her own home gives her much security at this moment because it is the one thing they shared and both loved. His mower tractor was still sitting in the garage waiting for that tune-up he said it needed. Her gardening gloves and other implements were neatly stacked on the wall of the garage. Her oldest child, her son Jim, thought it would be a good idea for her to sell the house and come to a senior living complex near him. 
he reasoned it would be good for her to get a new beginning and be with some people her own age. She wasn't too thrilled about that. No place to garden and no one she knew. Her second child, Amanda, thought mom should be living with her in North Carolina, where the weather was more temperate, and she would be surrounded by three of her six grandchildren who would keep her young and active. And a built-in babysitter, she thought to herself. In all, she realized she was not ready to make any decision as to where to live right now. She would speak to a financial advisor and see what her finances looked like. If she could do it, she would love to stay for at least another year and then see how she felt about that four-bedroom house in a very safe and comfortable neighborhood. Decision made. She bought six flats of petunias, snapdragons, begonias, and Gerber daisies. A few zinnias for good luck. And she will see about that more temperate climate in North Carolina. She promised her daughter she would. The end. Ah. Um, it's, yeah, I thought about that, and I thought that that's, um, in some ways, the way my mom was, you know, when when her second husband passed, Jim, and um, and it was a, it was a tough decision for her because she did love gardening, and she loved this time of the year. She loved to go out and start pulling everything and planting everything, and then just watching it grow gave her so much pleasure. But then she decided that she was going to go and, and live next door to my sister in Philadelphia. Now, this is a woman who was 80 years old at that point. And I said, well, you know, mom, you need to do what, what you feel you need to do. So she decided that she was going to go next door and she could help my sister because my sister at the time was working as a nurse. And um, that was probably the best thing she ever did. Because she had gardens, she had people right next door to her with a, a common entrance so that in the middle of the night, if she fell, if she needed any help, they were there. And it worked out really, really well. And she got to know people and she joined a church, got to know the ladies of the church and she enjoyed that whole thing and it worked out extremely well. So I can say that that's a good thing. You know, that that worked out the way it was supposed to work. But the point of all this is everybody has an opinion when something like this happens, when a spouse dies. If there are children, they all want you to do a certain thing, and they're all very convinced that it's the right idea. But the thing I always tell women who come to see me as widows is make no decisions about where you're going to live for at least six months because there's way too much turmoil in your life to try to make that decision on top of all the other things you have to decide. So yeah. um, to that to that extent, um, that's why I wanted everybody to think about this because I do know there's a lot of women who are in their 60s and 70s and 80s whose husbands have passed uh, because of COVID and it wasn't something they ever expected. Not that I'm saying the death of a spouse is ever something you expect or, or plan for, but at least uh, with something that came on as suddenly as COVID did, 
it really made a huge difference in a lot of women's lives, especially those who never even thought about financial planning. Wasn't right. even an issue. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. Yeah, um, it, well, it brings it, it. It it does bring it home, Lynn. You know, like it's it's very um, it's very difficult, even if it's not. You know, even if it's years later, to decide what you're going to do. We, we talk about this often: leaving your family home and all the emotion attached. And some people look at it like break free and go smaller. And but those little things, and that's why um, there was just something on Facebook about these little uh, little homes in clusters mm -hmm. that we've spoken about. That you get your own place, you can still garden, can have your little, but you're in a a, a one little area but yeah. everybody has the same location but they're on their own and they yeah. can do what they want in their own home and it's small apartment size almost I think but it's a home it's a whole home so you still have the outdoor space and you can still garden or put fresh pots or if you want herbs or whatever those things are it's it, those mm -hmm. things make people happy and I think without that when you go to some of these places it's a big big um, void in your life. Yeah. So yeah, I remember you know, that, my my mom was looking at some of these high rise apartments that are all around here. You know, the ones that have all the alarm systems and elevators and a place to park. And that was the first thing that she said that I didn't even think about. But she said, "I really don't want to live in a place like this. I have no place to go outside. I like to I be know. outside. I like my front porch." You yeah. know, and I said, I, I just didn't even think about it, but um, I, because my focus was security. I wanted her to be able to be secure and to be able to have something that if there's, uh, she falls or she needs medical attention, there's somebody there to get her to some place for that purpose. She was yeah. not that concerned about that. She was more concerned about her style of Having living. I know, but uh, you know what, it's yeah. funny because I always think the same way, even like when I think, should, you know, should I look at, at selling my house? And I think, where would I go? <laughs> and if I did go, I would want someplace where I could walk outside because it drives me crazy when you're somewhere, even in a hotel room, that you yeah. can't walk outside if it's nice weather and like have a coffee or do whatever. Like I, I just think that that's a big mistake in building these properties that people build is that they don't make, they don't put into their plan that you need someplace off of your point apartment that's not a common space, that's your own. You could walk out your door and you have, a, even if it's a, a small square footage, just somewhere you can have a chair and sit and feel the air. And I think that's so important. And so many people, I guess, just don't really care about it. But I'm with your mother. I, I, love that i it makes me nervous not to be able to walk outside well i think also having gone through what we just all went through you know with covid um and and the restrictions on being with other people the fact yeah. that so many of us found the outdoors i mean really yep. found it and said wow i can go for walks i can go in the park i can hike even if i just bring a a a folding chair and sit outside somewhere. I'm outside, the grass is under my feet or the snow, whatever it was. But yeah. But it is it is I'm out there. And that I think made people start to realize 
that's important. It's a very important connection for the human being as an animal, which we are, that animals need connection with nature. It's part of what we do. So being stuck, I often think of like your son Tommy and my stepson Tyler and people that live in those high rises that are 70 and 80 stories high. I don't know how they can do it. I don't yeah, well, that whole piece is missing. Yeah, well, you know that Tommy, you know, we talked about that. Tommy, he, he was home for a while because, and so many, like so many others, when you are, have a small place in New York and you're paying high rates for, for that type of rent and you're there yeah. because you're in a big city and that's what it demands, when the uh, allure of what you get in a big city is no longer there. You're stuck yeah. in a one-room sometime apartment, and like Tommy's case, he, he had beautiful windows, but they all look over, not not exactly right next door, but to, to another big building. Like, yeah, you don't, exactly. there's no view, it's just, it's not a room with a view, so it's just, right. you know, and that gets, that gets, that could drive me, I'd be, I'd lose my mind, so, mm -hmm. uh, you know. People, I mean, yeah. he has a rooftop, but, you know, so does everybody else who ha lives there. It, it, I, it, I, just, I think people should include in building, they should, and I don't know if it's cost or if it's safety or what it is, but they should include some type of um, outdoor space. And that's why I always love those apartments that, um, and I know they're condos, they're owned, some of the sections are owned. I always like those apartments up at Summit Point because every single one of those apartments, or went in the area where they sell them the condos, have a space that you can walk out from your living room. It's a small area, but it's a screened-in area, and you can probably put a grill and maybe two chairs. Or I'm, What I'm saying is you can walk out, you can open the door, you can feel the air, and there's somewhere to walk outside, and there are apartments. And they're, they're only three stories high, but nonetheless, that's mm -hmm. important. And I always think, like, those are things that means so much with having that outdoor space so yeah, agreed and it was nice yeah. and these buildings are great that everybody's it. yeah and when they're re you know this adaptive reuse of these great buildings downtown and everywhere else are great because the built inside is beautiful but there's no you know other than outdoor space on a roof and it's common area there's no real distinct i know there's some in the uh, chamber building you can get you know, which I'm sure people are always want the most coveted ones were the ones that they have some outdoor access um, because uh -huh. that's what people want. You know, and then right. other people like it because they don't care and they they want to feel safe that no one can get in other than the one door. So I, I guess it's yeah. here we go to each his own. But anyway, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with Mr. Mike McHale from Barbetti McHale LLC, certified public accountant, and we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of The Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, 
Stitcher and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com, and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. The well-established and highly respected Northeastern Pennsylvania certified public accounting firm, Michael A. Barbetti, LLC, is making changes after almost 40 years in business. The firm name has changed and is now Barbetti McHale, LLC, CPA, reflecting the addition of Michael F. McHale as partner in the longstanding firm. Although the name and partnership are a significant change, the staff won't change. Their Dunmore location won't change. The way they serve clients won't change. Their work ethic won't change. And Michael Barbetti's involvement won't change. The Barbetti-McHale partnership adds Mike McHale's three decades of experience in corporate and not-for-profit accounting for the clients of the regional firm. Barbetti-McHale LLC certified public accountants provides professional accounting and tax services to all types of clients, ranging from individuals and family-owned businesses to governmental agencies and nonprofit organizations. Call Barbetti-McHale CPAs at their Dunmore office, and you too can make a change for the better. Business Banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day, and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this, this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity. My checking account, uh, my payroll taxes, they take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity, don't you? Member FDIC. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Well, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and several other wonderful podcast sites. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And with us today is our dear friend, Mr. Michael McHale, CPA, who is a partner with Barbetti McHale, LLC, Certified Public Accountants. Mike has been on with us for the last couple months. He's rolling strong. And uh, they're located at 1421 East Drinker Street in Dunmore. 
Mike, things are going well. Through this partnership, the beginning, all of your corporate work and big firm work prior to, now you're back home where you're at, and you're pretty much established, you know, doing what you need to do, Mike. So why don't we talk a little bit about your expertise and what you're looking for, people who may listen and think, hey, I'm in the market to you know, look for a new accountant or I'm the executive director of a, of a nonprofit and we have to put it out an RFP. Maybe, you know, let's look at doing, uh, talking to the, to Mike at, uh, Barbetti McHale. Yeah, absolutely. Lauren. I am, and thank you guys again for having me. It's, um, it, it has been a, a great transition with Mike and I, and it's not really a transition per se because Mike is there and he's not going anywhere and he's uh, staying with us, which uh, between him and his wife and all the people uh, around him, I couldn't be more happy to. It's, it's just really been a, uh, a a combination of just uh, perfect sense. Uh, but, but yes, I mean, my, my background comes... Uh, with a little bit more of a, a national firm where I was, uh, where we did, we hit just about anything, any industry that you could think of, whether it be manufacturing or you know, medical to school districts, to colleges, to, um, you know, nonprofits, the, the, the sole proprietor who, you know, started or was handed down a business from the family. Uh, we've worked with all of them. So we're, we're proud to say we could do just about any industry around and then we'd welcome any opportunity that would come our way. Um, I think, you know, going forward, as you say, who would be the ones that we would, we, we most look out for. I think that the best way to approach that, we look, look forward to helping anybody, but I think that the one thing to point out that separates our firm from every, every other firm is our people. And I say that because they're really, when I came aboard, um, I just added experience to an already experienced staff. And most of, if not uh, all of our people have significant experience. And when I say that is anybody who works on the engagement, anybody who, if, if we would work for a new company, the person who would, you would get would most likely be me as a partner or Mike as a partner. But anybody who's working on it would have 25 plus years experience. That you don't find in a national firm. Uh, we like the size of our firm. We don't want to overgrow our firm because we want to make sure that they're, uh, that every client is properly uh, maintained and, and made sure that we exceed their expectations on a year-to-year basis because we want to keep them. So I think on a, a, the best way to describe what we'd be looking for in a new client is someone who you know, is looking for that opportunity where you get experienced staff Instead of the first or second year people, and not that there's anything wrong with that, I was that too, but uh, you're working directly with very, very experienced staff, and we're proud to say that they've stayed there. Mike has treated them very, very well, and uh, we've grown the practice to a point that uh, we're happy with. But, of course, we'd always like to add a couple of clients along the way, as you guys know. Mike, I I think it's important, too, because in this neck of the woods, we are fortunate, many blessed with family-owned and operated businesses uh, that pass through generations, which, like I said, is a lucky thing for so many people. Those are those are another. That specific area is something that you're very well um, uh, known for, as far as Mike and and his prior his own business, and then with the merger um, or the partnership. This is 
um, this is a big thing and something that I think you guys have a lot of knowledge in, too, because that sometimes, you know, accountants can be much like um, somebody's therapist when they're in there because you're dealing with your most fragile information uh, is your fi- are your finances. And when I think when people think about talking to people about finances, it's scary to them. They, they're private. It's held close to the vest. You, they have to be very vulnerable for the most part with you guys. Um, and family business can be a little bit trickier because it is so emotional due to the longevity and the family that has been involved. And sometimes there's many siblings with their children. It's hard, Mike, and you guys kind of do that well. So that's one area that uh, aside from your nonprofit, which we'll talk about at one of our other shows, but the family-owned businesses are, would you agree, they're, 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 they're sensitive, and, and you guys kind of have done that well there. Well, I, I think you hit it right on the head. We, we, may, we have a lot of clients that are family-owned businesses, and in, both in Mike's practice and my prior practice prior to merger, uh, we both maintain a lot of those, and and it's a slippery slope because once you get to know someone, you have to prove to them that you're family. You almost become part of them, as you said. When when you're dealing with the finances of a small business, that's that's people's lives that you're dealing with. So the trust factor that has to be there, um, I, I think we maintain very very well. So as much as is, as it is to keep a client, because nobody ever wants to change accounts or. You know, unless you're a nonprofit that has to put it out to bid or something like that, most of these family-owned businesses uh, trust their accountant and trust going forward with them on a year-to-year basis. I have no problem with that. We have that a lot with ours too. But once you get in um, with with a good firm, and it doesn't have to be Barbetti McHale, uh, a good firm will maintain that relationship in a positive, positive way. So you can call, uh, every one of my clients has my cell phone, and I will get calls on Saturday Saturday nights to be out for dinner and, and get a distress call, and, and you deal with it. That's what owning a business right. is for. And that's the, main t- that's the relationship that sometimes is lost. And uh, I'm proud to say both Mike and I and everybody at Barbetti McHale really um, has that relationship with our clients that they've been around for so long, especially at my place who's been in business for geez, 40 years. These clients have been there for that long. And it's, it's crazy to think of, geez, you never change accounts, but once you have that trust factor, why would you? And I totally understand exactly. that both sides. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, and Lynn, you can jump in on this because with you, the work yeah. you do, um, please elaborate on that with working with, with um, uh, the accountants on that level. Yeah, I, and I was just going to just say this, that I think one of the most important pieces that um, that family businesses really need to be concerned about is the succession planning. And yes, as Laurie alluded to, we do have a lot of family businesses. We're now in third and fourth generations. And it's fascinating to me to see which ones make it and which ones don't. Mm-hmm. And I mean that by, you know, who, when, when does it get on to the fourth and maybe the fifth generation? And for those who are successful, what are the things they have in place that the ones who are not successful do not have? 
And I really think that one of the most important pieces is to have a, a group of trusted advisors, including the CPA, including their attorney, but not necessarily the attorney who did the real estate, real estate transactions, but the attorney who deals with the state planning and understands how to make that transition work, somebody who values the business fairly. And, and those are all separate skills that many CPA firms do not have. And I think that what I'm hearing from what you're saying, Mike, is that all of that is a big part of what you do in your firm, and people need to know that those skills exist. Yeah, Dealing with your firm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really couldn't agree anymore. It's, it, it, it's that situation, exactly what you're talking about, that can become tense at times, going from one generation to another. Yeah, uh, both, yeah. you know, those getting out and those buying in, even though they're family, it could be a son and a father, a daughter and a, and, and a son there, I'm sorry, a daughter and a father and daughter and a mother. Um, there's some and in-laws. And in-laws, of course. Yeah. So, I, the, the situation of having someone you trust, I think that the, I mean, I, to speak on our behalf, I think the, the, the detail of clients that we have that have been around with us for 30 plus years and gone through those generational things, I think that speaks loudly to our, our capabilities of, of moving a company forward. Mike mm-hmm. has done it a, a, a thousand times, I'm sure. Um, I have done it a ton of times as well, where you walk through and you get the, the right people in place. And it's not about making money on a CPA and, a, and an attorney's part, believe it or not. Um, it's about making sure that everything is, is, is tidied perfectly and everybody's taken care of in the right way. And do it positively. You don't want anybody to break up especially a family and, and these family-owned businesses. So you, you, yeah. if you do things the right way, you do things very, very detailed and uh, and on time. That's a big thing, too. So yeah. I think we have the capabilities of doing that. We've done it a, a bunch, a bunch of times. And, and again, I think the proof is in the pudding. And, 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 and we have a ton of those um, the generational clients that have been with us for 30-plus years, which is crazy to think of. <laughs> well, Mike, and, you know, Mike, go ahead, Lynn. Go, go. I was also thinking about one of the things that I think is the most difficult piece of all this is, and I know I've seen it around here, and we all have, really, but every once in a while you'll see a family business where they bring in an outside person who can run the company uh, because they have the skill sets that is required in order to uh, to take the company to the next level. And then that's a big issue because, you know, if you if it's been a family business from generation to generation, now you have an outsider. So how is it that you're able to make that transition work? How do you pave the way for that possibility well, to be there? I, think, I mean, that, that's a great question as well. And I think that's, you really have to take the temperature of the room and take the temperature of the client. If someone's going to bring in a, uh, how do I say, a hot shot to come in to take over the company, well, what's the real, what's the real goal there? To, to make profit or to make sure that the company is taken care of from generation to generation? I think in the, in the best of all worlds, that would be both of those things would be important. Um, mm-hmm. But you have to be honest with people. You have to be upfront. 
and make sure that they know the expectations of the guy that they're bringing in, guy or woman that they're bringing in, and uh, and understand that this is now a profit-driven business, not necessarily a family-owned business. So mm-hmm. you, you become a little bit more corporate when that happens, when you bring someone in from the outside. And n- not to say that that's the wrong decision, but it's a different decision. you got to make sure everybody is well-informed of the possibility of what could happen, what is going to happen, you know, and, and, and really when you bring that person outside, the goal is to more, the more so goal is to make a better profit and uh, not necessarily a bad thing. So, but again, mm-hmm. you just got to make sure everybody is well-informed and, and understanding what's going to happen. There we go. Mike, right. please tell everybody how next month we're going to talk about nonprofits too. Could you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. Again, we're uh, Barbetti McHale, relatively new to the industry in name, but we've been around for 40 plus years and we're, uh, we're anxious to, to grow our company a little bit uh, as, as everybody is, but we are at 1421 East Drinker Street in my hometown of Dunmore, um, <laughs> back home, thank God. And our phone number is 570-346-2057. There we go. Well, there you go. You heard it right from the mouth of uh, Mr. <laughs> Mike McHale, CPA, one of the partners of Barbetti McHale, CPA in Dunmore, uh, LLC, Certified Public Accountant. So, Mike, thanks for joining us again this week and this month, and we will talk to you next month. I'm sure I'll talk to you many times in between. But everybody else out there, have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Be safe, and please be nice. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.